Charged Up, Episode 71, The Lowdown on Award Travel with Tony Messia. Are you ready to get charged up about your money, your credit, and your overall financial health? You've come to the right place. You're listening to Charged Up with Jenny Hoff. Welcome to Charged Up. I'm your host, Jenny Hoff, and a managing editor at CreditCards.com, where we have all the strategies you need for getting the most mileage out of your credit card points. One of our experts who contributes two columns a week dedicated solely to award travel is Tony Messia, a veteran journalist and a travel lover himself. He has taught me quite a few tricks to getting more free trips out of the points I accumulate. Today, he'll talk to us about some of his favorite strategies, favorite airlines, and best practices for making the most out of your credit card rewards. If you have more questions at the end of this episode, just go to creditcards.com where you can send a question to Tony and he'll answer it online through his cashing in column. So let's get charged up about getting the lowdown on award travel. Tony, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to get to talk to you on the phone. Great to be with you, Jenny. So you write two columns per week for us on different credit card reward strategies. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this space in your own background. Sure. My background is in business journalism. I was with the Charlotte Observer here in uh, North Carolina. I live in North Carolina. I was with the Charlotte Observer for about 12 years or so, covered a variety of different topics, including the airline industry. I got sort of familiar with the economics of, of how the airline industry works. And then about 2009, uh, like a lot of people in the newspaper industry, I made the decision to, to leave, mm-hmm. uh, go out on my own, started freelancing, got linked up with creditcards.com. So given my background in business, uh, a little bit of knowledge of the airlines, and I was just starting to dabble in credit card rewards. Personally, those things sort of all came together and um, started writing some articles, really, for creditcards.com, sort of progressed into a rewards column. And like most of us at creditcards.com, did you become ever more obsessed with the credit card rewards game once you were deep dived into the subject? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say obsessed, <laughs> but it became a lot more interested. I mean, I think it is, it can be very much like a hobby. I mean, mm-hmm. it can take up a lot of time, um, you know, investigating and looking into a lot of these different programs. And so it's certainly a hobby of mine, something I sort of enjoy doing. And there's, there's a lot of information out there, um, you know, on the Internet, people do a very advanced sorts of things. But what I like doing with creditcards.com is just being able to sort of distill some of that information and explain it to a large audience. I mean, sometimes these blogs, these travel credit card blogs that are out there, they get very specific very quickly and very advanced. I think a lot of, a lot of people, it gets sort of hard to understand. Right. So what I like doing is just sort of explaining some of the basics, some strategies, and then pointing people toward you know, more advanced information if that's what they want. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm hoping to do today, because I think a lot of people I I read, interestingly, not long ago, that about 30 percent of people never even use the rewards that they accumulate on their cards. Sometimes it's just too difficult to figure it out or sometimes they don't have time or they forget. Or sometimes there's just so many blackout days that it feels overwhelming and forget about it. It looks like these points are useless for me. And so we want to end that trend and hopefully give people the tools that they need to use their rewards, but it doesn't need to overwhelm and take over their lives. And so what kind of reward schemes do you find from your research and having reported on this for many years are the most difficult to navigate? 
Yeah, I mean, there certainly are a bunch that are very tricky. I mean, some, sometimes these rewards programs are easy to figure out. Sometimes they're hard to figure out. I think it really all starts, this is going to sound maybe a little touchy-feely, but it sort of all starts with you. you know, it all starts with each person individually. And I think you need to understand yourself and understand a few things about yourself in order mm-hmm. to get the most out of any rewards programs. I mean, I think you need to understand your spending. You need to understand where your money goes each month. You need to understand what kind of rewards you like, you know, is it travel, is it experiences, is it merchandise, is it cash? And you need to understand how these different programs work. And we have, mm-hmm. you know, if you get 10,000 points in one program, how do you use those points? Can right. you use those points? What kind of restrictions are there on those points? So you really need to sort of look at yourself and sort of see, okay, this is what's important to me. And you also need to know what kind of person you are. Are you somebody who likes to dive into a lot of these details and, and try to master things and try to um, you know, take advantage of a lot of these trickier programs? Or are you kind of the person, maybe not so detail-oriented, who would just like to get some fairly stable, good rewards, but not spend a lot of time? Mm -hmm. So it it really kind of starts with the individual person, because I get asked all the time, you know, oh, Tony, what's the best rewards card out there? What's the best rewards card for groceries? Or what's the best rewards card for this or that? And it's really difficult to say, because everybody is different. And so really, starting with that understanding of yourself, your priorities, your spending habits, the kind of person you are, that can help inform what kind of rewards program might be best for you. As far as the ones that are the most difficult, I think these airline programs can be very tricky. Mm-hmm. Maybe not for, you know, if you're just doing a, a straight-up domestic round-trip flight as your reward, maybe not those so much, but once you start talking about converting points uh, in one program to a different airline and booking it on a third airline, mm-hmm. it can get very tricky very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, you know, from personal experience for me, general rewards cards are great because you can transfer those points to a lot of things, but it could also be overwhelming though sometimes, you know, because you're trying to figure out, okay, do my American Express membership points transfer in a one-to-one ratio to this airline or how, what's the ratio if I transfer them to use for a hotel or do I buy the gift cards and how much am I losing? It can get, suddenly you've wasted half a day and you're not really sure what you got out of it. (laughs) Right. And I can never keep it straight. Okay. My chase points. Now, which airlines are those transferred to again? American Express points, where do those go? I mean, these cards, they love advertising that you can transfer them to 50 different airlines or 100 different airlines. But really, some of those, it's going to be really tricky to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk quickly about travel cards because I find Southwest super easy. And like you said, a quick round trip, domestic flight, it should be easy. But for me personally, I feel like I rack up rewards really quickly on there. I, if you book them enough ahead of time or it's a, a good route from your city, you can easily get a round trip flight for 7,000, 10,000 points, which is, you know, you can earn pretty quickly versus, okay, 25,000, 40,000 points. It's going to take a lot of spending to get to a free ticket. Whereas I have Avios points from British Airlines and it's just, they're impossible to use. And when you do finally able to find a flight that you can book with them, the fees that they tack on are so high that it's almost like if I would have just booked it a budget airline anyway. So are there some favorites of yours that you think are just so super easy to use and have overall saved you money without wasting a bunch of time trying to figure it out? Well, sure. I mean, there are a number of different ones. And again, this is sort of on that sliding scale between what's easy mm-hmm. and what maybe gives you the most value, but but is also sort of difficult to use. And so the ones that are kind of easier, I mean, 
I know we're talking about travel, but you know, cash back cards are yeah. very easy. We don't think of those as travel cards, but a lot of times you can get really good rates using cash back cards. Maybe if you don't have the self-discipline, you'll stick it in a separate account or, yeah. or something like that. That's you know super easy. Then you have cards that are travel cards that are that act sort of like cash back cards, but can be used for travel. Things right. like I'm thinking of the Capital One Venture card, the Barclay Card Arrival card. I mean, that can be used. Those points can be used for any travel expense. You know, right. hotels, any airline, you can book with whoever. As long as the code shows up as travel, you know, you can use that. And so those types of cards can be a fairly easy way to go ahead and earn travel uh, without having to actually master, you know, an airline program and figure out what dates are blacked out and are there all these extra fees. Right. And so are they usually as generous with their rewards as the more complicated kind of airline cards? No, but they're not bad. I mean, right. I, I would say, you know, those two cards, I mean, they, they get you about, you know, 2% back on pretty much every charge. I mean, there are cash back cards that are out there that give you a flat 2% back right. as well that don't have the restrictions of using them on travel. But yeah, I mean, you can do you can do just fine with those cards. When you sign up for them, they have usually a pretty healthy sign-up bonus. So, you, you know, you get a bunch of points initially that you can use right away toward pretty much any travel expense that you have. So, I mean, that can be a fairly, you know, easy maybe introductory way to kind of get in mm-hmm. into um, travel rewards if that's something that you're interested in. And what's nice about cash back is it's not something you have to think about. They just apply the cash back to your credit card statement. And so you're saving money, about 2% when you're making mm-hmm. purchases. So it's not something that you're going to really let go to waste because you don't have to put any effort into redeeming it. Right. And you know, I mean, the survey show cash back is by far the most popular reward that people like. I think right. people like the ease of use of it. And you have a whole bunch of different cash back types of cards too. You have your flat cash back where you could get, you know, one and a half, two percent back. Then you have somewhere it's like, okay, you get five percent back on this and two percent back on that, one percent on everything else. So I mean there's really a number of options. Right. And that's if you want to be doing the math and figure out, okay, which card do I use now in order to buy my groceries? That's another question I wanted to ask you. So there's kind of always this lingering question. Do I go for having multiple cards and use one for, you know, 5% back on groceries and the other one, which is giving me a good percentage back on travel? Or do I just concentrate all my rewards on one card? So I'm actually building those rewards much faster so I can get that free flight or get that cash back or get that hotel stay. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of an ongoing debate. I mean, what do you what do? you do? I mean, I, I like the approach of having multiple cards. I like trying to maximize it as much as I can. I don't like the idea of charging something and just getting a lowly 1% back. You know, you know, usually these bonus cards, you know, you get 3% on this, 2% on that, 1% on everything else. If I can avoid getting the 1% on everything else by using a cash back card that gets me 2% on everything, then, I mean, I think that's the way to go. Yes, if you just concentrate all your rewards onto a single card, you might hit a certain award level uh, more quickly. But for me, I just I, I feel like I'm leaving points on the table if I'm not getting the most out of uh, my cards when I charge. So you're saying that at least a two percent back, then you feel better. I feel better. I mean, but you know, it, it depends on the it depends on the person. I mean, if you have a goal of reaching, you know, sixty thousand airline miles so you can get a round trip ticket to Europe, well, then you and you want to do that quickly, then by all means, just put it on that airline card and and try and get to that uh, sixty thousand quicker. I mean, right. there, there's no. It's one of these things where there's no correct answer. It's sort of a question of what are you what are you comfortable with? What are your goals? 
Right. And you can have multiple cards in that case, as long as the points transfer to that airline. For example, we booked a trip to Europe. We had a Delta card, which gave us a sign up bonus of 70,000 points. And we also had the American Express Platinum card, which had a sign up bonus of 100,000 points. And we just transferred those at a one to one ratio over to Delta. Suddenly we had 170,000 points and that pays for multiple round trip tickets to Europe. Speaking of that American Express Platinum card, I'm very curious what you think when it comes to high end cards. I know some people swear by them, especially if they travel for business a lot. You know, they have the Platinum or they have the Sapphire Reserve card and they don't mind the $450 or $550 yearly fee because they they think that they're getting a lot of value out of it. What do you think when it comes to high-end cards? Because I'll give a quick experience. When I was using my American Express Platinum card at the airport in London, was super excited about getting into a really nice lounge for free. And we went in and you could only have two people in there. And so babies counted, even though they were not going to eat anything. And so my husband had to leave and we had to transfer out. And suddenly it wasn't such a great experience. What do you think for the average person? Is a high-end card worth it? Well, clearly it sounds like what you should have done is stuck your husband with the kids and you got into the Well, I did. No, no, I did. My husband went out okay. and I, I brought the kid in. But then, you know, we had to transfer. No, no, don't worry about that. I definitely okay. did that. Okay, okay. I was going to say, it might be some of these, it might be user error. It might not be the car. But no, seriously, the, the, um, these high-end cards, I mean, I think they do, rep- they can represent a good value. And the high annual fees, I think, can scare a lot of people off. You say, geez. $450 a year for yeah. a card, $550 a year for a card. That's a lot more than I want to spend for a card. Right. But when you start looking at the rewards that are on these cards, especially for the first year, I think right. they really do have some value. I mean, typically, you know, Chase Sapphire Reserve comes with you know, $300 travel credit uh, every year. So mm-hmm. the $450 a year card, so that right there sort of it knocks it down. So your effective cost is 150 It also comes with... Um, Global entry, you know, which helps you speed through customs, gets you TSA pre-check, helps you get through security faster at the airport. That's a $100 value. It also comes with, I don't know offhand what the current offer is on Chase Sapphire Reserve, but it's at least... 40,000, 50,000 Chase Ultimate Reward points. Yeah. I mean, those have some value. So I think certainly once you start adding these up, you can see how the value you get out of these high-end cards approaches, if not surpasses, the, uh, the high annual fee, especially for the first year, because once you get those points, I mean, those are worth a lot. Right. Now, subsequent years, you're going to have to take a look at that and see whether that makes some sense because you're not getting a sign-up bonus anymore. Uh, I mean, there are still advantages to it, the lounge access, um, a lot of people like that, as you mentioned, you know, business travelers, good for business travelers. They, they can be good for families. Some of the cards that have priority pass let you have unlimited guests that, that come in. Priority pass, uh, a lot of people don't know. I mean, they have lounges all over the place, all over right. the you know, all over the world, some in the United States, they started doing things with restaurants and even, yeah. you know, by the hour hotels and airports. <laughs> I mean, they have all sorts of different um, applications. And, you know, if you, if you can bring your family in there, I mean, that represents the savings as well. I, I have a lounge access card with American Airlines because I live in Charlotte. It's an American yeah. hub. You bring your wife and three kids in there, as I did a couple of weeks ago. You know, they're hungry. They get to the airport rather than going and spending money on lunch for everybody to eat lunch at, you know, $10, $12 a head. Yeah. You go in, you get some cheese and crackers, you get some soup. I mean, it, you know, there is some savings there potentially. Right. So it's, it's one of those things people have to evaluate. Yeah. And I mean, the strategy we took in this case is I was so determined to get some value out of that very expensive credit card is I went in with one kid, we ate our meal, my, and then I brought my husband, you know, my husband came in with right. one kid and then he ate their meal and, and we ate right. and everybody was fed and we didn't spend money at the airport on food. But 
I guess in those cases, definitely check the fine print. Make sure that it's going to be something if you have a big family that you'll be traveling with and that's what you're going to need to do when you're out, you know, make sure that it's going to apply to you. Because as you said, there's some cards that will probably be a little bit more flexible with that than others. Now, speaking of that first year being really worth it, what about in subsequent years, people decide, you know, after that big sign-up bonus, it's not really worth it to keep this expensive card. And a lot of people have fear that it, about closing a card, that it will affect their credit. And it does in a way, but how much does it really affect your credit that people should be worried about signing up for, let's say, a high-end card, using the bonus points within a year, and then closing it before the next annual fee kicks in? Yeah, a lot of people get really anxious about the issue of their, their credit. And understandably so. We all want good credit. We want to guard our credit. We don't want our credit rating to, to drop, especially if we're about to buy a house or finance a car or something like that. I will say a lot of these worries that people have, I think, are kind of overblown. Applying for a card, closing a card, these all might give you – it might be a slight dip in temporarily in your, in your credit rating just because of the way they calculate your credit rating with these algorithms and the different amounts of credit that you're utilizing, the number of open accounts you have. They're looking at all sorts of things. But if, generally, if you manage credit wisely, if you're paying your bills on time, in full – over a longer period of time, you're not going to have a problem you know, with your credit. I know a lot of people, you know, myself included, I close open cards fairly regularly, close cards fairly regularly. It's very easy to have, still have excellent credit even if you do that. So I think that a lot of those worries really are overblown, and I think that it's okay to go ahead if you're done. If you're not getting value out of a card rather than uh, paying an annual fee, it's okay to close that card not pay that annual fee. And do you see a big dip in your credit when you do that or just a little ding? Just a, I just see a little ding, just a yeah. little, you know, it's a, a few points, you know, very temporary. And then as, you know, as you show that you're able to, that you're managing your credit wisely, you know, that credit go, it goes back up. I mean, they're trying to make sure that you're not in some sort of financial distress, you know, yeah. um, you know they, they have all sorts of things. They're looking at a bunch of different indicators. And as soon as they realize that you're, no, you're actually the same person who's being responsible with your credit and your bills, you're going to be fine. All right. That's great to know. So what would you say when it comes to cards? Because I know that on some cards, and you actually just wrote a column about this at creditcards.com, but briefly for this um, podcast, as far as getting multiple sign-up bonuses from the same card. And so you had somebody write in and said, hey, I had a card. I got the bonus. I closed the card a couple of years ago. I need those same points uh, for this hotel. I want to open the card again. Can I still get the bonus? And you said different bank issuers have different rules, though they're not necessarily official. They're the unofficial rules that credit card you know, users and strategists know. So can you briefly go into some of the bigger issuers and what their rules are when it comes to dipping in twice to the same pool of bonus points? Sure. I mean, it's going to vary by bank and there are always going to be exceptions. And again, you know, these are unwritten rules for the most part, but rules that they they tend to follow. And the most well-known of these is the so-called Chase 524 rule, which means it used to be a lot of these banks, you could apply for cards multiple times. You could Mm -hmm. apply for two cards at the same time. (laughs) And it was the Wild West. It was every, you know, no problem. What the banks realized two, three years ago, at least, was that there had, they had a lot of people who were repeat users and it were sort of, I don't want to say abusing the system, but they were certainly taking advantage of these, some of these generous offers. So they put, they tr- they're trying to put in some limits to make sure people don't game the system too much. So the, the best well-known is the, the Chase 524 rule, which mm-hmm. means if you're applying for a Chase card and you have five applications in to cr- for credit cards from any bank in the previous 24 months, Chase is not going to approve you for a card. So 
you have to be mindful of that. If you're going for a chase card, you see a chase card out there you like, but you have received five cards Ooh. in total from any bank in the last two years, they are not likely to approve your request to do that. So it's not just you can't get more than five chase cards in 24 months. It's you can't get more than five new credit cards within 24 months if you want to get a new chase card. Correct. Even if you've never applied to chase, if you have two city cards, you know, three Bank of America cards in the last 24 months and you apply to Chase, Chase will say, no, we're not going to approve you. We're going to we're going to wait. And you have to wait basically for the clock to run out where you are in with that. And then you can apply and be approved for a Chase card. It doesn't apply to all Chase cards, but certainly there are some exceptions of, of cards you can receive, but in mostly co-branded cards. Yeah. But with most Chase cards, you're not going to be approved for that. So that's one. That's the best-known rule. Uh, American Express tends to be fairly restrictive. They do not want to give you a second sign-up bonus on the same card. So if you have applied, if you, you know, five years ago had an American Express Platinum card, you cancel it after a year because of the high annual fees that we've talked about. And then a few years later, you go and you apply again for the um, American Express Platinum card. They won't give you the bonus. Um, for that card. Okay. So that's fairly restrictive. There are other banks, Barclay Card, Bank of America, uh, City, that are maybe a little bit easier to navigate where they will go ahead in, in many cases and let you get that card for a second time with the bonus, it, especially if you haven't had the card in the last couple of years. Okay. So there's a couple rules there, but especially if you have your eye on a prize, like a really nice chase card that you know is coming out with a good bonus or you want to get that one, be careful about signing up for other credit cards before you get that one. Right. You should also be mindful if you're looking to get in a couple of credit cards and you're kind of close to that threshold, you know, maybe go ahead, apply for the Chase one first and then apply for the other one. Because if you apply for the other one first, that might knock you out of compliance. Okay. Good to know. All right. And so I wanted to also talk about the best way to efficiently use your points. And so I saw a website called Juicy Miles where they say that they'll use your reward points in the most efficient way possible to get you the absolute, you know, cheapest flight and and minimize how uh, the amount of points that you have to use. And I'm sure there's some sort of a fee that goes along with it. Have you found there are some real tried and true strategies to getting the most value out of each point you earn? Yeah, so I, I wrote an article on on this topic a few years ago. Talked to some of these guys that are in the business of, of helping people navigate this tricky world of credit card rewards, especially as it, as it relates to travel. The way they usually work is, you know, they charge you maybe $150, $200, and they'll go ahead and they'll take care of the book, and you tell them, here's what we're going to do, here's where we're, you know, here's where I'd like to go, here are the points I'd like, here are all the points I have, and they figure it out. A lot of it, you know, people can figure this out on their own in many uh, instances, but some of these have gotten so tricky that really there's this whole class of people who are just experts in figuring out how best to transfer miles and where where points can transfer to. Um, so if, if you don't want to deal with any of that and you have a more complicated itinerary that you're trying to achieve with miles, and then maybe it can make some sense to try to look at, at one of these private providers of, of these services. Okay. Are there any tricks that you've used that you think make your points more efficient? Such as, I mean, I know off-peak travel is kind of that one of those general ones where if you travel mm-hmm. off-peak, you can get a lot more bang for your buck. Are there any other strategies that you've used to like get the most use out of your miles? Yeah, I mean, again, it gets it gets a little trickier. There are ways to do it. I mean, if you look at the award charts of some of the different airlines, a lot of times people think, well, gosh, I don't want to transfer my points to a foreign airline. Why would I ever do that? Um, I'm just going to fly domestically on American or United or Delta or Southwest. Well, there are ways, if you look at some of these award charts, there are ways to actually save on miles. If you look, and I know we talked about British Airways, and it can be difficult to mm-hmm. find miles, but if you... 
if you looked at the same flight on American and it had availability at the lowest level, say you know 12,500 miles each way, and then you looked at the same exact same flight on British Airways, a lot of times you'll see that you use fewer miles flying that same flight on British Airways. And, and typically, if there is space available at the lowest level on American, then there will also be space on British Airways, but for fewer miles. Right. So a lot of times it can make sense to try and compare these and make sure you're not using too many miles just because you're more familiar with, with the program. Uh, I mean, my daughter is doing a program over in Spain this summer for a few weeks. She needed to get over there on a particular date. I was able to find a flight for her on Delta booked through Flying Blue, which is mm -hmm. the frequent flyer program of KLM and Air France. And each way, each way normally with airlines here in the U.S., it's typically 30,000 each way at the lowest level. Mm -hmm. But on Flying Blue, it was only 25,000 mm. uh, for to fly on Delta each way. So, you know, so that's again, you know, you're saving 5,000 miles. So, you know, I think it's tricky. You know, once you start transferring these, I transferred them from. I forget, it was um, Chase or American Express. Um, but you, you can see where if you do that enough, you will, you will start saving miles in, in those cases. But again, it's, it's fairly tricky. Um, it's not for everybody. Sometimes you have to call in, and make those bookings. They're not always available online, was, even though it's 2018 and you would think that everything would be available <laughs> online. Sometimes you have to call. So it, it can get very tricky very quickly. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, I, I just I was dealing with Delta the other day and I bringing an infant on a flight and you actually have to pay to bring an infant if it's international and you can't use points for that. So I have to call to make the booking so we get the points and they don't. And then there's a lot going on. And I, I remember reading your article about finding that trip for your daughter and getting it all sorted. So like you said, partner airlines can sometimes save you some of those points if you're willing to put in a little time for that. What about hotel cards? You know, that it's can look very attractive, the 80,000 Hilton sign-on bonus, and then you find out that uh, that pays for one, maybe two nights at a Hilton hotel, and then to accumulate another 40,000 points for another free night takes quite a lot of spending. Do you recommend hotel cards, and when would you recommend them? Sure, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, all points are not created equal. You might see, oh, gosh, Marriott get 80,000 Marriott points, wow. Yeah. Well, 80,000 Marriott points is not the same as 80,000 Chase points or 80,000... United points or something like that, because Marriott for hotel redemptions, it costs a lot of points uh, for one right. hotel night. So it, it's going to depend on the person. Certainly, I know some um, business travelers in town that swear by those hotel cards. They like some of the perks. They like they get upgraded to the, the club level mm -hmm. uh, room with the free breakfast you know, the, after, the before dinner drinks or yeah. something like that. I mean, they, they get the late checkout. I mean, there are certain perks that come with it. it I personally find that it's a little bit difficult to, um, to get enough points to actually redeem, especially at, at some of the nicer properties. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they are fairly easy. I mean, they do have availability, typically, hotels do. It's not as much of a problem, I think, finding availability in hotels as it is for airlines. It's just a question of do you have enough points to do it, and especially at some of the lower lower end um, you know, properties. I mean, you can get some, you know, starting maybe around 5,000 mm -hmm. hotel points, you know, if you're staying at a, um, you know, a budget hotel. I mean, right. that can be a, a, a good deal, and you can find it all on, on the website, and you can search, but it just takes a lot. It takes a lot of points, right. typically, for a hotel card. Now, there are some hotel cards that come with a free night mm -hmm. every year. I believe the the Hyatt uh, card Marriott. I think, gives you a free night. Marriott. But sure. you pay an uh, annual I mean, fee. So there but, are a number that yeah. do that. 
You do pay an annual fee. But yes, if you're a frequent traveler and you're dedicated to a certain hotel brand, um, then it can make then it can make some sense. What are some cards that you think really keep giving back in a real way after you use that sign up bonus? And I use the Southwest card before as an example, just because I always find that I have enough points to book a round trip flight if I need it. And so I haven't paid for an actual flight on Southwest in a couple of years now. Are there other cards that you feel like, okay, you rack up points pretty quickly that you can then utilize? Well, yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, that, that Southwest card you mentioned has, is pretty easy to use. I mean, they do, there's a, a consulting company that does a study every year that looks at the availability of airline seats, award airline seats. Southwest is always at the top, typically 99 or 100% of the flights that they're looking at. There is availability at a low level compared to between 50 and 70% for right. Delta United and American. I mean, that's certainly easy. You know, as far as other ones that are that are easy to use, I mean, yeah, I mean, people should just sort of go with what they're comfortable with. I mean, I do like some of these sort of general purpose travel cards. I think as we mentioned yeah. earlier that you can use for, for pretty much any travel expense. Super easy to use. You don't have to understand a whole lot about rewards. I mean, they, you know, they can make a lot of sense. I do like the Chase Ultimate Rewards suite of cards. I mean, they have a number of them, uh, Chase Freedom, Sapphire Preferred, Chase Sapphire Reserve. Yeah. Uh, Reserve. I mean, there's a number of them. I do like those cards because they are fairly flexible. You can use those points in a number of ways. Same goes with American Express and City. They have their own programs. They are versatile. So, you know, if, you know, if you can't transfer them to an airline, you can go on their portals. You can go ahead and book travel directly through Chase using points. That's fairly simple and straightforward. Yeah, so there, there are any number of cards that people might want to check out if they're interested in, in some of that simplicity while still getting a good value. And do you have any strategies for quickly meeting the minimum spend? Let's say you have to spend $3,000 in three months or $5,000 in three months in order to get a really big sign-up bonus, but you really don't have that ex- those kinds of expenses, but you and you don't want to be spending mm-hmm. extra money or you kind of defeat the whole purpose of those bonus points. Right. You know, I just used mine, let's say, to buy a Amazon upload at, at an Amazon gift card to my account. I just knew mm-hmm. that I buy everything off of Amazon. And so I thought, okay, I'll definitely be using this. I'm just kind of prepaying. Are there other ways that you found to quickly meet a minimum spend? Yeah. I mean, you really hit on it. You don't want to go off and spend a bunch of money that you weren't going to spend already because just it doesn't make any sense to buy a bunch of things you don't need in order to get a relatively small amount of rewards. But there are a few strategies. You mentioned the gift cards. I do the same thing. Amazon gift cards. I have a card that gives me extra points at Office Depot, Staples. Buy some Amazon cards, load them up. I know we're always ordering things from Amazon. You can look at utilities, your utility bill, mm-hmm. prepaying utility bills, paying ahead on your utility bills. You know you're going to spend money on electricity right. and gas and water. A lot of times you can just get a credit on those if you're trying to meet a minimum spend. I mean, that can be a good way. Holiday shopping, it's never too early, right, to start <laughs> holiday shopping. I mean, you know, just think maybe if you can plan ahead a little bit and think here, if, if you can manage the cash flow, make sure you have enough money, you know, to be able to pay off the card every month. But, you know, just think ahead. What are some things that you can pay that maybe if you would ordinarily wait until the last minute to pay, what can you, what can you pay a little bit ahead of time? Mm-hmm. Move up some of those expenses, kind of shift those expenses up closer to the time frame that you're in now as opposed to waiting. I mean, that, those are all good strategies. Yeah, definitely great strategies. Also, we're running out of time, but I have a couple more quick questions. One is, I always like to ask, what are three things that somebody could do right now if they wanted to start getting in on the business of cashing in on those rewards? Sure. I, I, I guess three things I would say. 
start researching, start reading. There's a lot on the internet. We've got a lot at creditcards.com. There are a number of tools you can use you know, that can guide you toward the right cards based on your spending, based on your interests. So I would definitely check those out, number one. And then uh, I guess number two would be if you want sort of to start easily, maybe look at an airline card. Say to yourself, okay, what, if, if you're assuming you're interested in um, some sort of travel, uh, maybe yeah, check out an airline card. What's, what's an airline that flies a lot um, out of your city or close to you, uh, maybe look at that card. Uh, those, are, mm-hmm. those can be fairly popular. And then maybe um, also look at a cash back card. Like we, like we mentioned, you know, make sure you're getting more than just that 1% off of your spending. Also think about you know, where you spend your money. This is a added yeah. fourth bonus point here. Think about where you spend your money. You know, a lot of people, uh, if they shop a lot at Target, they'll get a Target card. You know, it's 5% off. Uh, if they shop a lot at Costco, if they have a small business where they're buying a lot of things from Costco, you know, a yeah. Costco card can make sense. If, if there are any particular merchants where you're spending a bunch of money, um, you know, take a look at their cards. They, they might be worth it too. Absolutely. And finally, our show's Charged Up. What gets you charged up about mastering the art of rewards? <laughs> two things. <laughs> I love traveling. I love going new places and seeing new things. And so using credit card rewards to be able to do that is a huge bonus. You know, uh, I think if, if you can get the uh, airline expenses and some of the hotel paid for, I mean, it can be, it doesn't have to be a super expensive, elegant vacation, but you can, you can go places you ordinarily wouldn't get to go. That's, so that's number one, a travel. And two is just helping people realize what they want to do with their rewards and helping people achieve their, their rewards. I, you know, I've talked to a lot of friends around town, you know, write the column for creditcards.com in which people are asking questions. Love seeing success stories of people who have been able to use their rewards and make their life better. Fantastic. And you give a lot of great advice. I highly encourage people to check out both of your columns, Cashing In, which is a Q&A column. You can send your questions to us and Tony will answer them to you. And then Reaping Your Rewards, which is a strategy column that you give. So thank you so much, Tony, for giving us your time today. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me, Jenny. And thank you for joining me for this episode of Charged Up. I'd love it if you could rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe so you're alerted as soon as a new episode is up. If you have questions you want me to answer on air, please send an email to chargedup at creditcards.com. To read the full transcript for each episode and access even more great financial information, head on over to creditcards.com. Until next time, get charged up about your financial future. (laughs) 